Hi, welcome to the Mediumship Matters podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Hannah McIntyre and I'm a working evidential medium, spiritual teacher and Reiki master. And I started this podcast to just help people navigate the lumps and bumps and twists and turns of the spiritual journey. I find myself still questioning and trying to work through new lessons, new understandings all the time. And this podcast helps me as much as it helps you with understanding what the heck is happening when you go on a spiritual development journey. You can expect honesty, integrity, lots of laughs, lots of confusion as we try and work our way together navigating this bendy path. There's guest interviews, week ahead readings and lots of insights from my spirit team. I hope you love it. Let's begin. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And I'm very excited today to be joined by the wonderful Debs Kylie, who has agreed to come on and share a little bit of her story with us. Hi, Debs. Hi, Hannah. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. It's really lovely to meet you. And uh, I had to remember to hit record, as I always do, because I was getting too involved in what we were talking about and forgetting my actual job here. So I usually start um, with everybody at the beginning of their journey because it kind of makes sense. So how did you get into all of this? I think um, as a collective group, uh, as mediums, we all have similar experiences. I think we've all experienced um, phenomena as a child. We've seen spirit. um, Most of us, you know, objectively, so in the room, uh, we've played with them. Uh, or, we've, or we've seen them subjectively in our mind's eye, it was just an inner knowing. But I think for most of us that go on to work with mediumship, um, to follow this vocation, because it's a vocation, there seems to be, over a long period of time, this inner pull, this inner tug, um, that's not a coincidence, that's caused by the spirit world to get us 
where we need to be. They come knocking at the door mm-hmm. um, and it's for us to open it and then say, do you know what? I am going to develop my mediumship. I am going to consciously look at what we can do here together with the team. And, um, and I think that can sometimes be the difference between people who have childhood experiences where they go on in life and they never look at mediumship again or for mm-hmm. those of us um, that work with it, work with the spirit world, um, we, we decided to consciously uh, move forward and work for it. And I know with, with myself, it was very much just this always inner knowing and pulling that it was something, it felt right to me and it was something that I wanted wanted to do and, and felt it was right. Mm. Oh my gosh, I love that. So you were aware of spirit as a child. Did you come from a family of spiritualists, people that believed or did you keep it to yourself? How did that unfold in your childhood? I think I was very lucky. Um, my grandparents were Catholic. So this sense of reverence, um, uh, this sense of knowing there's something bigger than us uh, was instilled in me, but not pushed on me. Please don't misunderstand that, you know. Um, my parents, you know, they weren't the type to go to church. But whenever I had childhood experiences um, that frightened me, um thankfully my parents always believed me I know in that I'm lucky because there were so many people so many children where they get told you know what it's a load of nonsense don't be silly I never had that my parents were always very open to what to what I'd um, experienced and not all my experiences were scary many were like many many mediums my story's not unique um where you would play with spirit children you thought they were real you know, and people said, well, there's no one there. And you're like, what are you talking about? She's sitting right there. Um, so I, I was very lucky in that um, I was believed and supported. I went to boarding school and I spent, um, I was a very lonely child and I was felt sort of very lonely. And um, so I had many, many experiences with spirit because they drew close because there was a need there. Yeah. They to play with me and need to, uh, you know, to, to bring me comfort and upliftment. And I'm sure many of your listeners can resonate with what I'm saying. Most, 99% of my experiences were positive with the spirit world. Good, good. And I I think that's a wonderful thing to hear because we, people love to talk about the bits where they were scared and the spirit world is always love, isn't it? And light. So it is, it would make sense that they're coming with you to be comforting and loving. We, we, we We fear what we don't understand. Yeah. We fear often what we can't see, touch, taste or smell with our natural five senses. So those childhood experiences of just knowing someone's in the room and I can hear them but can't see them in a child's mind or perhaps even an adult's mind that have never explored the idea of mediumship. Of course, it's going to be frightening. We fear what we don't understand. That's all it is, isn't it? Yeah, love that. So you're a child. You've got your spirit peeps looking after you. They're keeping you company. And then... Where, where do you go with that? When did you decide to pursue mediumship as unfoldment and development? When did you decide, right, that's where I'm going to head? I was 18 when I first sort of said out loud to somebody, I am a medium. Uh, it was the first time I sort of owned that statement at 18. And I got married very young at 18 uh, to uh, someone who was a soldier at the time. And he didn't believe me, you know, and I didn't blame him. What are you talking about, you know? And um, he said, go on, then prove it, Debs. And I thrust my arm in the air and I came out with this random dialogue. And I was aware I was sort of um, wearing a coat of armour and I was sitting on this white horse. And I said this dialogue. Um, 
and I was aware I was his uncle. And he looked very, very shocked. And he said, oh, my goodness. He said, my uncle was an actor. I wouldn't have known this. My uncle was an actor. And the dialogue he just said was from his most famous part he did for the BBC. And that was the first time I'd ever received confirmation from someone where I'd given it out. Yes. Rather than people saying they couldn't see who I was playing or talking to. And so it was from 18 onwards, really, that I sort of owned that. And I would describe myself very much as a self-taught medium because I was living abroad. Um, we didn't have the internet the way we do now, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, so I just began by doing cards. And then what would happen is um, spirit people would come and talk to me. And I would literally, while I was doing cards, just repeat what they'd said to me, what I'd seen, what I felt and knew. And then it got to the point where I'd just moved the cards aside and worked with psychic readings um, uh, without the cards and do mediumship uh, in this way. So I was um, I was very much self-taught because I didn't know there was anywhere to go. I didn't know there was a place called, you know, the Alfred Finley College or that you could attend workshops. I wasn't aware of any of this, you see. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, so And you've just done it ever since then. That's just been your path for all that time I love it yeah for many years and then um again still while I was living abroad um I um saw this this course for this uh, mentorship scheme where you could gain accreditations and I felt very very drawn to that everything I do it it has to sit right with me I have Mm -hmm. to feel drawn to it even if I don't understand it and so I then uh, signed up for this mentorship scheme. And that was the first time really I'd received um, some form of feedback, uh, constructive feedback about my mediumship, um, about my sort of presentation of it. And I very much welcomed that. Yeah, <laughs> it's sure. it a wonderful experience. Yeah. Oh, this is incredible. So here's a question for you. Do you believe that only certain people have mediumistic ability or do you believe it's available to all? It's very much my belief that all children are born naturally mediumistic. Mm -hmm. We know through psychology and sociology, we know that actually a child's mind between the ages of six and eight is still very much functioning um, with the subconscious mind at the forefront. We know the first six years of a child's life is so important because it's the subconscious mind very much there taking in everything like a sponge. And we know at this age, a child just accepts the world around them for what it is. Mm -hmm. And what can happen is it can be through religious indoctrination and fear that that natural ability can begin to close off. Or we have people say to the child, what a load of nonsense. Um, There's no such thing as, you know, ghosts, which we understand to be spirit people. Um, the child might naturally have the personality that they're very critical and analytical, that, that that aspect of their personality develops where the mind can begin to close off. So there are many reasons, but inherently, naturally, we are all born able to sense and see spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not to say it can't close off and then later on be opened up again in life. We know this is very common as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happened to me. I have never seen spirit with my physical eyes. And I sit here as you say it going, come on, come on, <laughs> yes. we can do this. <laughs> uh, but I would love to. But then I um, I also think that perhaps that helps me with my teaching and stuff, because I kind of attract the people that have fumbled into it like I did and went, what the hell is this? This is amazing. So I love that. I love that. So 
You do loads of teaching, don't you? Because I've been nosing on your social media. You are here, there, everywhere, all around teaching people. Is is teaching a big passion of yours? I'm assuming it is, as it takes up a lot of your time. I'm, I'm so passionate about teaching. Um, what I love about it is when the student has that aha moment, I get to, it's not, I think teaching is not a selfless act because we, we have the privilege of going on this journey with the student for a period of time and hopefully bringing out the potential that's there with them at that moment in time, because we know development is ongoing, it shifts and it changes. I like um, the fact that we are dealing with, when we're teaching, different people with different views, different experiences that come from different walks of life. That keeps it fresh and interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah. And when the student's mind is open and willing to experiment with me, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And to see the transformation in them, that that's that's um that therein is the joy. Yeah. Absolutely. I can completely understand that. Mm. And working with spirit is about so much more than just evidence of spirit, isn't it? It's that knowing that they're there and that presence in your life. It can't help but change you. So as a teacher and as a working, demonstrating evidential medium, um, let's talk about the flip side of it. What are your bugbears in mediumship? What do you watch and you go, oh, no, please don't do that? <laughs> Ooh, controversial, I like it. <laughs> I see, I find, and I know I'm not alone in this, I find there have been times where I have gone to watch, um, you know, I've randomly perhaps gone along to uh, watch a medium, you know, I've just, it's pinged up, I don't want to go along, and um, witnessing people working from a platform that are actually working psychically, mm-hmm. and they're not working with the spirit world, the presence of spirit is not there, um, and that tells me one or two things, either um, they're not aware it's actually that they're working psychically, or, or, uh, they know they're working psychically and are pretending it's mediumship. That's very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel a lot more development is needed before they should be on that platform. Agreed. We have a great responsibility um, to spirit. Um, I don't think I have many bugbears, if I'm honest with you. And the simple reason is um, the development of self, who we are as people, our moral compass, um, the development within our work is ongoing. So if I come across something, I view it very objectively. Ah, that's where they're at in their journey. Mm-hmm. I don't take it as a personal thing. I, I just view it objectively and so say that's where they're at within their development. And it's up to them then what they what they do with it. You know, absolutely. So. It's always a choice, isn't it? You can choose to expand and improve or you can choose to stay where you are and that is our choice to make yeah I don't Um, don't have many bugbears no oh well you're very calm and considered (laughs) compared to me (laughs) regular listeners to the podcast will be going god Hannah's got a list as long as they're armed because I um I I understand where people are in their journeys but like you I think when you're when you take that step to working professionally there is an accountability within yourself that you need to have for the standard and make sure that you are behaving ethically and I I've seen on as I'm sure you have on social media the rise of some very interesting in inverted commas mediumship and that is you know, somewhat I think one thing, if I, if I may um, just add, this is a very controversial view, and that's okay with me. I would like to see a change in the law. 
I would like to see a time where people that go off to do hypnotherapy, people that are life coaches, counsellors, even to drive a car, um, one must do a bit of theory, a little bit of theory and undergo some form of a test. Mm -hmm. I would like to see something like that being brought in here in Britain. I'm not talking about expensive courses. I'm talking about somewhere where people could turn up and um, it just be verified that actually um, they are working with mediumship to a healthy, the key word is a healthy standard, because as mediums, we have a, a massive responsibility, firstly, you know, to the people we're, we're representing in the spirit world. Yeah. I don't want to go to the spirit world and have a queue of people there saying, hey, you spoke on my behalf and I never said that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we have a responsibility to the people here that we're reading for that sometimes hang on every word. And um, we would not have somebody work um, as a counsellor uh, that didn't understand um, psychology enough, they could do more damage than good, even if their intention was right. Yes. Even if they're coming from the right place. And I feel with that, it would encourage um, a bit more um, development and understanding of, of the topic. I'm very controversial in this. I'd like to see a change in the law. That you have to have some sort of test that says, yes, you know, you can now go and work with the public. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, uh, and off you go, you know, something yes. like this. Yeah, I know that's absolutely very nice. Certainly something about the ethics of promotion would be my my choice if we change the law. It would be that you can't say things like, if you're seeing this, it's because it's predestined for you to see when you've paid for an advert. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing as well would just yeah. be would just be really good to get that tweaked a little bit. So, so the, the public can be so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, can be so vulnerable in many different ways it doesn't it, I mean we know when people are grieving they're especially vulnerable mm-hmm. and we have a massive responsibility to these people and but also people are vulnerable when they're going through a difficult relationship or um when they feel stuck in their life they're still vulnerable then mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's firstly about protecting protecting people here it, you know yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. So if you were going to give some advice for the listeners at home who are taking their first steps into developing and they're not really sure what to do next, what would you what would you advise them? How would you set them off on their journey? What's just come to my mind is enjoy the journey. Don't endure the journey. 
and to have patience within your development. There will be times where your development will feel very fast and you will come across stumbling blocks where you think, hang on a second, my mediumship's working differently with me. Am I doing something wrong? Have I taken a step back? No. When your mediumship is changing, it means there's progress. And take time to enjoy this process because the spirit world enjoy working with you. And we often forget that and we get frustrated. They want you to enjoy the experience of your mediumship. And that's what I would say. Enjoy, don't endure. I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have been particularly guilty of sucking all of the joy out of my mediumship on more than one occasion. <laughs> so I wish you popped along at the beginning of mine. I might have held on to that a bit longer. I love that. Joy sucker. <laughs> yeah. I, I, love that. I hate this job, but I can't walk away from it. It's so painful. <laughs> We know. Listen, I'm speaking from experience. I'm the most impatient person in the world. Uh, so I understand. I feel you. Yeah, yes. I understand. It's definitely a journey, unlike anything else. Now, I know when we were chatting um, before I pressed record, you were talking to me about some tests that you've had, uh, uh, testing your mediumship and things like that. Could you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, we were chatting about the fact that I'd been part of a study. Uh, with Northampton University, where mediumship was tested. Um, super cool. We had uh, or had this EEG um, cap on my head, terribly flattering. <laughs> <laughs> and what they did during this, this study, during this test, is they would ask the medium to tell a story, make up a story. Another aspect of the test was to recall a story from memory, um, another aspect was then to do mediumship. There were various different things they, they'd asked us to do or asked me to do. And what it demonstrates is actually when we're doing mediumship, that it's not the part of the memory that's flagging up, nor is it part of the imagination that's flagging up, that they found, because they did this test in America, you see, and the results have already been published for that, where they found um, that things were happening, flagging up aspects of the medium's minds were flagging up, that ordinarily it wouldn't be possible for that to happen. And what's super cool about this is science is continuing to catch up with, catch up with what we have long known to be true. It's underpinning what we do. We, we now scientifically fully accept there's such a thing as aura. We move and we think of quantum physics. There is no time or space. Yes. We know actually um, that every human body glows, but we can't see it with our eyes. So science is catching up with what we as mediums have long known to be true. I love this. You can't argue with science. It's so cool. <laughs> what an amazing thing to be a part of, because ultimately this, this could be a turning point for life as we know it in the human condition and you know science like you say you can't argue with it once it's proven it's proven what an amazing historic monumental thing to give your brain up for <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, yeah and I know they're now moving on to MRI scans people are going into that tube uh, and then doing mediumship and where they're really getting to see the brain, high, uh, things flagging up and highlighting in the brain in this way. Um, so I feel we're going through a phase 
um, in a period of time where once again it's been scientifically looked at because it's been scientifically studied extensively in the past. We know this, um, but once again, it seems to be uh, an interesting topic among scientists. So I'm loving it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Good. I can't wait for those collaborations to take place and just, (laughs) and having the experiments with it and having the fun with it and being confident in your mediumship enough to put yourself in that vulnerable position to be tested is, is an amazing thing. Ah, love it. Love it. Hurrah. Okay. (laughs) So, um, what about people who perhaps wouldn't view themselves as wanting to demonstrate medium and develop mediumistically but perhaps want to feel the presence of their loved ones with them more or open the door to spirit just a crack um what advice would you give them I think that's perfectly wonderful it everybody's um experience and journey is unique whether people choose to go on and work with it publicly or not um and I believe um dare I say everyday people so people that are not aware that they're mediums but put it like that that are outside of our community in that aspect isn't it a wonderful thing when they can sense their loved one and when we develop mediumship and even when we're practicing mediumship it actually is um this is often not really spoken about but it is a development of self Mm -hmm. Because that love and that power is resonating within us, working within us, and it changes us. This power has the ability to change us as individuals, where we become perhaps even more compassionate, even more empathetic. Uh, we s- begin to see the eye of uh, the world through different eyes. And a lot of people um, that I found, if I look to um, many students I've had over the years, some are wanting to um, polish their mediumship for the purpose of um, continuing to work publicly mm. or for many it's also because it's just an, it's something they're wanting to do for themselves mm-hmm. and that too is wonderful because it's a gift that should be there for everybody the, the other thing I'll just add there is that as mediums as a collective group actually we're all inherently shy we would have most of us would have been very shy children and working publicly or giving readings can sometimes not be everybody's cup of tea because we are naturally shy and we have to learn to overcome that to work publicly mm-hmm. and it's perfectly fine that it's not everybody's cup of tea there is no right or wrong here you know it's okay. there for it's there if you want it but if you don't spirit up there with their arms folded berating you for for that and you I know when I first started development and people said to me you can be on platform I was absolutely not you will never ever see me doing that and now I do it all the time so you have to allow yourself that space to grow and expand and change so give us give us some of your stories of when you've been wowed by spirit where you've gone blumenek this is pretty good here i know you've probably got so many you can't sort through them now i was just thinking there's quite a few um what comes to mind actually was my first public demonstration that i ever did listen it took my team 2 years of pushing and pulling to to support me to encourage me to get on uh, to work publicly in that way and I remember I had to drive half an hour down the motorway and I remember um, having a chat with um, my spirit team and I was so nervous and they said, it's going to go really well. You'll be very pleased at the end. Don't worry, it's going to be fantastic. And I thought that's all good and wow, you know, but could you give me a sign in the real world that this isn't just me 
the talking to myself. It was very much in the early stages of, is this me or is this spirit yeah, still with sure. me? And they're building that trust and confidence. And they said to me, Debs, you're going to see the number 7777. I thought, okay. So I'm driving down the motorway and I'm looking at registration plates and I'm looking at road signs and junctions. And I'd come off the motorway and I'm driving through this big, busy city and I am looking everywhere for these sevens, nothing. And I thought, wow. And I was literally 30 seconds from the venue and I thought, well, that's that. That's That was my mind kicking in there. There was a massive billboard to my right. I came to a stop at traffic lights and it was just fantastic. It went 7777 connect. And it was an advertisement for some texting system or something to do with telephones, 7777 connect. And I went, oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's really what I needed at the beginning. It was the first time I'd ever gone to work publicly. And I was so pleased to have that experience. Um, the other one that comes to mind, I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I could waffle here for ages. Oh, no, I love it. I'm going to let you. <laughs> the, other, the other one I had was, um, I'm also a physical medium. I'm not practicing physical mediumship at the moment. I did, but it's on pause at the moment. I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to it at some point. But I kept having very, very heavy mirrors that I'd had on dresses and things um, go up, levitate, flip around and go on the floor. And... Um, Prior to that, I'd had an experience where I was woken up at night and there was a spirit doctor. That's how he presented himself symbolically anyway, a spirit doctor at the end of my bed. And I said, well, and I saw him standing there. I said, what are you doing? He just said, shush. And he had the, um, the um, what do you call it? Stethoscope. Yeah, the stethoscope, clipboard. And, and I it, it just knew that he was looking at me uh, for some form of experimentation. I thought, interesting, went back to sleep. Um. And then a booking secretary phoned me and she said to me, because Spirit kept saying you're a physical medium, you're a physical medium. This booking secretary phoned me. She said, Debs, can I just say, you've been having phenomena, haven't you? And I said, yes. She says, and they've been telling you you're a physical medium. I said, yes. She said, you need to be getting on with it. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting is one of my sitters, a lovely lady, one of my sitters um, confessed to me that before she joined the circle, she'd she'd been woken up by Spirit and there was a Spirit doctor at the end of her bed. And she, I'd never told her my experience. And that was confirmation, you see, that the spirit world were already having a look at who's going to sit and who's going to come together. And I just thought that's so cool. It was so yes. organized. We know it's organized in advance, but that was proof for me that it is so organized in advance. Yeah, I'll stop there. I could go on forever. Oh, but no. Yeah. Wow, I'm loving it. It's amazing. Oh, I just, it's so mind-blowingly clever, isn't it? That's what I always think. You see people all the time putting in controls with spirit. I need to tell spirit how to do this. I need, to, And you think, good grief, the stuff they can achieve and do is way beyond anything we're capable of. They do not need instruction. And uh, there you go. And yet again, I love, I love as well. You can always tell it's spirit when you don't get a beautiful, you know, walk into the light, young one. The path is laid before you. It's shh. <laughs> Spirit, to, listen, they, they can be tough with me, but it's because I need it. <laughs> yeah, mine are like that too. My guides, are, I perceive them very sarcastically. I don't know why, but it, I think it's, well, because I'm sarcastic. So they talk to me in my own language. And yeah, I love that. I love it. So I know you've got loads of workshops and courses, and I'm going to put your uh, Facebook in the show notes so everybody can click through and have a look. But you've got a, a workshop coming up in March, haven't you? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's on Zoom um, and um, it's going to be open to 
all levels of understanding and ability. So that means for um, students who know that they're a medium and they're wanting to um, explore the evidential aspect of it further. Mm-hmm. Also open for those that are already working with the public, so doing one-to-ones and on platform. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And there are still um, some spaces available. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm also running a workshop in uh, the real world, can I say, <laughs> in February in Yorkshire. Uh, there's still one or two, I believe, spaces available for that. Um, so they're sort of the ones that are, that are coming up now that uh, where people can still join. Yes, excellent. And of course, you've got demonstrations coming up as well. I see one with a glass of fizz before it starts, so that looks rather lovely. Oh, okay, yeah, glass of fizz. So I know where that is. That's and um, that's in Saint Neots. Um, uh, I just love that part of the world. That's in Saint Neots. I mean, I do. Um, I do a lot online as well. A lot of online demonstrations. But yeah, that's, um, but you know, I don't even know when that is. I would have to open I can't my remember. diary. I think it's, Honestly, I'd have to open my diary. Have to, that is, that's how you know we're really it. busy. We just go, it's a date coming up, but it's on your Facebook page. So people can check it out and, and come and see you work or see you work online. So that's brilliant. Thank you for taking the time to chat to us today. It's been really lovely to hear your story and for you to share your knowledge with us because that will really help everyone that's listening and trying to develop so thank you very much thank you hannah it's always lovely to be invited thank you so much even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.